Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. I'm your host, Kyle, with a kiggity K. And today, the boys are back in town. I have joining me the ghost of Tsushima, the ghost under your bed, the ghost in your apartment, the haunting in Connecticut, the paranormal one, Ian, with two E's. Ian, how you doing? They just keep getting better. I unironically love the haunting in Connecticut. Um, thank you for that one. You're welcome. You. I I just want to prove to you that no matter how much you fuck up my intros, I will never fuck up <laughs> your intro. <laughs> I will I will only make it better and better and better because uh, that's how much I appreciate you. Also, we have joining us. He's a spook. Oh no, he's not the spooky boy. I messed up Brennan's now. <laughs> Look what the. It was- <laughs> Let me back up. Um, uh, Mr. Fantastic, uh, the Brendan Jesus Ortega. <laughs> Brendan, um, how you doing? Uh, I humbly request to double hyphenate my last name now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep in the Ortega. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I did hear that. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Um, I am humbly requesting that it is now um, Jesus Ortega Madison for Mikey Madison of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Scream 5 fame. We're not going to do that. So, <laughs> well, Sister we're we're so hold on. So it's Brendan Jesus Ortega Madison now? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I could, I could remember it. I don't know if Ian can because he likes to fuck up intros, but I could remember it. Um, <clears throat> Ian, let's throw it. Back to you. It's been about two weeks now since uh, we've seen your pretty mug. What have you been up to these past two weeks? What have you been getting down on? Um, well, I finished the uh, Children of the Corn series, all 11 films. Um, I don't know what I expected, but only two of them were genuinely good. Um, the rest were straight shovelware. And it got to a point in the series where there was no corn, there was no children. <laughs> It just did its own thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But um, I started the Ringu series, so I watched all the Ringu films, and then I'm on the Sadako films. Um, I'm excited for Sadako versus Kaoko, which is the girl from The Grudge. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited for that one. So, yeah. Oh, um, watched Attack on Titan Season 1. Uh, is it everything stuff. you imagined it would be attack on titan attack on titan you know i always um it was tough. as the resident manga anime guy yeah. i mean i was the og first so relax but <laughs> as the younger manga and anime guy um i'm surprised attack on titan like flew by you and you didn't watch it so or read it right you didn't even read it so it was the first manga i ever read um oh, back mind. when i was in middle school i think um but then after like the third volume i dropped it completely anime came out didn't watch it whatsoever 2023 just had the you know just had the urge i like it watch watch season one it was uh it was pretty good i get the hype Mm -hmm. um but i'm gonna need a little more uh i'm just in just a little more and i feel like um a lot of people say that season two and three are absolute masterpieces so i will go in with open arms and accept them for what they are and uh, hopefully they don't let me down miss opportunity by not saying i would go in with arms wide open but brendan we're gonna throw it over to you what have you been up to lately um i feel like i'm kind of in my kyle era again i in the Mm. past two weeks I've purchased five video games, mm-hmm. oh, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, most notably, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned Nightmare Reaper um, mm-hmm. on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing a lot of that. It's a it's a Doom-like slash roguelike game with 180 unique weapons. Um, each level will change if you die during it. Um, really fun, even though I don't like doom um i've been playing world of horror that game is very fucking difficult to play uh i've really enjoyed it though i enjoy the art style i enjoy how deep each because uh i've just been doing the quick play where it 
creates a random character for you with random stats and gives you random mysteries to solve. Um, it's really fun. But the big one, oh yeah. Is it, um, does it bear a resemblance to the uh, Chinji Ito story, Uzumaki? There's, uh, so there's, I think, 15 different mysteries okay. that you can get. Um, I don't think it bears resemblance to one story specifically. Um, if it does, I, I haven't, uh, Uzumaki, I've only read once. The other ones I've read maybe four or five times. Uh, so I'm probably least familiar with that one. Okay. But I do very much highly recommend the game. It is fucking terrifying. The artwork is impeccable. Um, and I believe it's all done in, it was all done in MS Paint. Uh, which Whoa. which I think impressive. is cool. Um, that is yeah. impressive. Yeah. Um, but the one that I'm just going to say super quick and move on. Uh, Talk a little um, bit. Uh, you're a little bit far from your mic. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I, I saw a used game at, at a game. I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania right now, my parents' house, and I was at a used game st uh, store. I saw a game, and I thought of Dom, and it was on sale, and I was like, I'm going to buy it. I bought The Last of Us 2. Mm. Um, I'm a famed Last of Us 2 hater. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I am, I think, four, four and a half hours into the game. I still don't like the fact that they kill Joel. See, Kyle, I, I told you. I was, Spoilers. I, I told you I was dropping a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. I told you I was dropping uh... We watched the first episode of the show together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Um, I, I, I still am not a fan of the direction that they took the game in. I do not like playing as Abby. I want to play as Ellie for the whole game. I want to play as Joel. I'm sorry. I want to play as Joel, but I can't do that because they shoot his fucking kneecap in with a goddamn shotgun and then beat the shit out of him with a golf club. Just try this. Okay. Try, try not being a bitch and just get a little bit through it. Get a she see. Hold on. Here's the thing is that you got to give it a little bit of time. You're either going to be on the side of where you start to to resonate with her a little bit and kind of see where she's coming from, or you're always going to be anti her. So that was the purpose and the direction of the game. Oh, I, uh, let's see. Let's see if it pans out. Let's see. Let's see what side you land on. But the, I'm glad you're playing it because it is a must play. Um, and I, I will say I and it's better I, than I, Last of Us One. Uh, I main I was mainly just joking with my issues earlier um oh. uh i mean not Forget really everything but that. not not really but <laughs> but somewhat i i i'm enjoying my playthrough what i've because i've decided i want to platinum the game and what i'm doing is making me not enjoy the game because i've been trying to make sure i get every collectible and trading card so that i don't have to go back and do that mm -hmm. but it's really taking a lot out of me because i'm pausing to check the fucking guide and stuff so what i'm when i play games like that obviously i explore 100 percent to what i think is sometimes you go to you you hit a marker a checkpoint and you can't go back so then if you thought you were going into a room to explore you're actually progressing the story obviously um mm -hmm. so i'm just I'm, I'm gonna say fuck it i'm i'm done looking at a collectibles guide um i'm just gonna play the game if i get all the collectibles then i'm gonna go back to platinum it and if i don't I'm going to play it once and call it a day. Yeah, that's that's something that I usually do with like super story related games that aren't mm -hmm. open world. Yeah. If I'm like heavily invested, like I know I'm going to want to like really focus on what's going on. I do a, a, a playthrough once just to experience the game. And then my second run is usually the collectible run. That's what I did with The Last of Us 2 also. Because oh, okay. I knew I was going to wind up playing that multiple times. So that's fair. It, I, I think if I do it again, that's how that's how I'll do it. I'm actually struggling with the same idea with Alan Wake Two right now. I'm trying to because looking at the collectible guide is kind of taking me out of the experience a little bit, and I'm like, do I just fucking go for it? But if it, it's kind of like Alan Wake One in the sense that there's a lot, a lot of collectibles. Like Alan Wake One has more collectibles than almost any. Like it has more collectibles than like an open world game, and it's not open world, so <laughs> it's crazy. But I, I totally get what you're saying. Just, yeah, just, just find whatever you, do whatever you got to do to experience it and like it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Just try to enjoy it. 
on the flip what have you, side, what have you been up to? On the flip side, this is actually an occasion where I actually have too much to talk about. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta pick something. You know what I mean? Do I talk about movies? Do I talk about games? You should talk about Spider Man. Um, yeah. Spider Man Two platinumed it. Great game. Uh, was pretty easy, pretty short, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think I liked the first one more, but the second game had a lot going for it. It uh, is it, it, I think it's too early to spoil shit, right? Probably so. Like you can no. play as certain people that I wasn't expecting to play Spoiler. as, like big, <laughs> pretty big dudes. <laughs> I can't really say, but uh, some pretty Sandman. cool shit. Uh, they do everything the first game does, and they do it better. They do it better. Um, Sandman is in the beginning of the game. That was really cool. I'm a big Sandman guy. I'm a Sandman simp. So I'm glad that he got some representation because he usually doesn't uh, in Spider-Man pop culture stuff. So I'm glad that he got his due. But um, yeah, Spider-Man 2 is great. I watched Talk to Me. I guess that's kind of relevant because it's an Australian film. Um, I thought it was Freud. good, not great. Um, uh, I talked about Heat last week. Uh, and I'm going, based on Ian's recommendation, I think I'm going to dive into the Planet of the Apes. And I'm going to start with the OG. Yes. That's and watch all five of those. <laughs> and then I'm going to watch the new one. So I'm going to do it. That's how you should it. watch them. Yeah, I'm going to do it. So that's my next adventure. Um, I'm going to watch Planet of the Apes 1968 tomorrow morning with coffee. Can I just say the basis of my knowledge for Planet of the Apes comes from Family Guy. I've never seen a Planet of the Apes movie. I haven't either. I've never seen a Planet of the Apes either. And I I don't care to, though. I never did either. I never did either. But Ian um, talks highly of it. And (laughs) then um, I have another friend of mine who's a really good friend. He, I like mentioned that I might be interested in watching and he's like, Bro, <laughs> you gotta see the new ones. They are so good. And I was like, okay, okay. I got two people that are, you know, hyping it up. And then so I, until Ian brought it up, I actually didn't know that the originals, like I didn't know that they were connected. I thought the new mm-hmm. ones were just a reboot. Like yeah. I didn't know that they were its own or like expanded universe. So that got me a little bit more in the door. It got me a little bit more in the door actually. So if I can oh. type it up a little more for you. um, The original, okay, so... The originals talk about Caesar a lot. They hype this boy up so much. He is the start of the revolution for the Planet of the Apes. The birth giver of the freaking invasion, right? And then the prequels go over his origin story, the war, his come up. It's amazing. And then this new movie, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, is going to uh, connect. It's going to bridge that gap. It has the main character of the original series, Cornelius, and um, I'm just getting I'm getting chills right now just talking about isn't, it because it's uh, it's an isn't from the prequel films to this like isn't it like thousands of years? Um, I, I think that. think there is a time skip. I think there's another time skip. Right, but if if it's thousands of years, how can the monkey? How can the same monkey be in both? No, he's not. The he's Caesar's not in. not in. Caesar's not in. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, enough said. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to check them out. Totally different cast, but we're getting closer to the first uh, movie. The, the monkeys talk, right? Absolutely. They talk <laughs> way too much, actually. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this <laughs> 70s decade. So mm-hmm. um, I just think this is the perfect opportunity. It's like Planet of the Apes is one of those movies that like, it's it's on like you know watch before you die list and i've never seen it 68 fucking um what's his name in it charles the, heston oh god dude i love heston yeah. he's in, uh omega uh, man he's a, mm-hmm. he's dope dude i love him you so, damn dirty apes yeah man yeah so i think when it's time it's yeah i think i think it's just time so that's what i'm gonna be doing next <clears throat> um i'm excited for you i'm actually watching all those movies this weekend with my nice. girlfriend all five of them all of them. All eight ten. of them. Ten of them. Ian. Yes. Ian. Okay. Ian. <laughs> Ian. Ian. Yeah, yeah, Let me... Um, I love the monkeys. What I'm just going to give you a little piece. You can do with this advice what you will. 
as someone who is very similar to the person that you are, and Kyle is also very similar to the person that you are, in, in the fact that when we like a movie, we want to show it to a lot of people. Mm. I can probably assume Kyle's done this before, where there's something you really want to show a partner, and they're like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it, I'm down. I, I, I think I know where you're going with this. Sometimes when someone says they want to watch five movies with you, make sure that they're saying it because they actually want to and not just because it makes you happy. Oh, no, she does. And she's a okay. super nerd. She actually got me okay. into okay. Pokemon trading cards okay. last weekend. Okay. Fair, so, fair. <laughs> I'm super fucking nerd. Okay. Also, cool. also <laughs> in, his, in his defense, they've been together for a long time now. So I think that they'd probably know each other at that point to where, like, Ian could probably read if she really doesn't want to do something. Okay. But, 100%. but, um, Damn, where are we in this episode? Yeah, folks, sorry. Hey, <laughs> guys, hey, guys, gals, everyone, sorry. Um, it's been a couple weeks since the boys have been back, so we had a little bit of catch-up we had to do, but let's get past that now. We're going to cover the 2008 film Lake Mid. Just kidding. Lake <laughs> Mungo. <laughs> that doesn't even, that's not even clever. You should have said Lake Midgo. <laughs> Lake Midgo. No, the 2008 film Lake Mungo. Brendan, hit us with those <laughs> Lake Mungo is a 2008 found footage film and is the debut and singular feature film of writer-director Joel Anderson. Very little budgetary info is available, but Wikipedia does show a budget of 1.7 million AUD and a box office of 29,850 AUD. Um, while by the numbers does list it as 1.1 million um, US dollar budget. Um, Anderson started writing Lake Mungo in 2005, while at the same time he was having difficulty finding funding for another larger-scaled script he had written. Uh, with his with his big-budget film going nowhere, Anderson pivoted all of his focus onto Lake Mungo. After some haggling, he was able to secure funding through private investors, and once it was clear that there was financial interest behind this movie, um, he went to Screen Australia, which is the Australian Governmental Film Office, and fuck America for not having that. Um, and that's how he got the rest of his budget. <laughs> um, shot over five weeks, Anderson went the route of extreme guerrilla filmmaking. Utilizing multiple film and video cameras, Lake Mungo began shooting a dialogue-free script. Anderson acted as the documentary filmmaker and interviewed the actors as if this, this was a completely authentic experience. In January 2010, Lake Mungo would fall into the hands of the very person that wrote these fear facts when it was distributed by the coveted After Dark Films. Lake Mungo currently sits at a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes it higher than The Blair Witch Project, which is an 86%, Paranormal Activity, 83%, VHS, 94%, 91%, Wreck, 90%, Creep, 91%, Deadstream, 91%, and George A. Romero's Diary of the Dead. 61%. Obviously. So without further ado, Watch let's put on our bathing suits and dive into Lake Mungo. Oh! <laughs> Do you like the movie now, Kyle? Uh, five stars. <laughs> Why was I ever doubting this film? Um, horror press, you better be paid this boy well. Um, okay, so here's the thing. <clears throat> so we're going to do this. We're going to do this episode a little differently, okay? Um, I am going to give my opinion first on the film, what I liked, what I disliked, and I'm going to give my, you make it really hard not to make fun of you sometimes, and I'm going to, and I'm going to give my final rating at the front of the show, and my co-host, the spooky boy and fantastic elastic is going to have to change my mind we have two people here that really like like Mungo, and we have one that doesn't let's get let's begin first impressions would i add it to my collection no i would not add it to my collection uh, i did watch it on shutter and this and i'm not being hyperbolic when i say this this might be one of the most boring movies i've ever seen um now, 
I think the acting was pretty superb, actually. I thought everyone had great performances, um, believable performances. At any point when, like, it's got to be hard trying to do a fake interview and pretend like you're reliving real-life experiences mm-hmm. and talking about them. And to me, they all depicted that very convincingly, very real and if you told me that this was a real documentary at certain points based on just the um, the actors' performances, I would believe you. Where I think this fails in keeping a keeping my attention and being an entertaining mockumentary is I feel like that documentaries have peaks and valleys, right? And the, there there's moments where it peaks and gets your interest back and throw certain twists your way, and then valleys where it l- dumps and loads a bunch of information on you, hence, you know, real life stuff. And this was pretty much all valley. At no time, I was waiting for the peak the entire time, or the turn of events, or uh, the, the, the hook that, that, that kind of like brings you in or ties it all together, and it really never happened. Um, the ending was anticlimactic uh the quote-unquote twist about an hour and 10 minutes into the film didn't hit hard and Wait, which, really which wasn't twist was that well not twist in quotes it's it's the one where she was sleeping with the neighbor i guess oh, okay. oh. um and then that wasn't fully explored um that that story thread didn't go anywhere at all um Overall, this I don't think that the pace of this movie was like a good mock of a documentary. I think that it got like the the visual side of a documentary, right? The transitions, the cuts, the edits, all that kind of stuff. I think that and even like the the interview angles and um, the voiceovers talking about the scenes and what they were um and what they were like, uh, like just like flashbacks and stuff. But at any point, was I ever hooked? I had coffee. I'm not. I'm not trying to make a joke out of this. I was drinking this movie with coffee, and I almost fell asleep three times. I don't get the cult following this movie has. I don't understand the ninety something score on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't even get the three point something on Letterboxd. Not trying to shit on the movie. I just, this was such a okay film to me, and I just, I don't get it. Ian, I'd love to hear your thoughts, though. Let's start with you. Fuck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Ian. (laughs) Wow, I sat on my balls, too. Um, So, Lake Mungo, I actually watched this, I think, in high school around the time. Uh, around the time I was just binge watching, I, I decided, you know what, I, I wanted to watch as many films as I could to catch up on what I've missed throughout my years. You know, there's so much history behind me. I just got to catch up on, on what I missed out, you know. Um, this, <laughs> sorry, this movie um, didn't hit with me. I thought it was very OK. First time I watched it. Um, I didn't really get the ending. I didn't really understand it. Um, but this last watch last night, watched it by myself, um, watched it right before I was going to go to bed. And, uh, I will, sorry, I will say that the first 15, 15 to 20 minutes is a little boring. Um, I am used to that because I watch a bunch of YouTube videos online that are just like this. Look up Trey the Explainer. Dude is boring as fuck. Super educational about prehistoric animals. But, um, he Ian, you're like fucking onion. There, you're an onion. There's so many goddamn layers to you. Thank you. Um, where was I? Yes. This movie hit me hard as fuck fuck last night for no reason um i believe in ghosts i think if you do that makes this movie a better experience um if you believe and uh 
Kyle, I know you don't like religious horror, and I know you're not. You're, you you don't get spooked. You get spooked from real shit. I understand that. Um, maybe this movie isn't for you. I knew that going in, but you said it. I mean, the the acting phenomenal. Uh, I was very surprised to see that no one else did anything um, like notable. No other actor in this film did any notable work. Um, no offense to these actors, they they're they're awesome. Um, but film hit me, film hit me hard this last time, and uh, the end reveal gave me chill, give me chills throughout my throughout my body. Go ahead, Brendan. Um, does Madison, Madison Madison does uh the addition of knowing that there was no dialogue written for this does that enhance their performances do you think does does that do anything to to level up your enjoyment of the movie or is that just like a coincidence so i so you're saying this movie was 100 percent improvised uh from the the information i read the script that anderson wrote was more or less a spec script that had plot points it had the all the evidence interior exterior yeah it it has everything that the dad would know from going through this it has everything from the mom's experience that she would know and they were given Hmm. basically lists of information with what they would know and then he would interview them um again that's the information i found yeah, that sounds like the actors had more fun than me watching the movie, for sure. Um, oh, I forgot to, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I give this movie a 1.5 with no heart. So just oh, to, just saying, that's where I stand right now. I forgot to give it earlier. Um, I think knowing that, it definitely um, comes off way more authentic, for sure. I mean, it it is. It's genuinely authentic. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that's all I'm going to say for now. Brendan, Jesus, Ortega, Madison. Madison. Um, this, for me, in, in, are, are we okay with me calling this a found footage movie? Okay. Um, I, I think that one of the things that found footage and mockumentary films fail at doing is creating emotion. Uh, look at the Poughkeepsie tapes. Um, it's a fine movie. It's a decent mockumentary movie. Um, but they try to create emotion and the way that they go about it is by making us watch extended scenes of torture of this woman. What like, I, I've never been more emotionally impacted by a found footage film with the exception of the outwaters and Lake Mungo. Uh, this Lake Mungo is a found footage film about grief, um, the depths of emotion, what people will do when pushed to that extreme of losing the person that you love the most. The mother realized that her relationship with Alice was not as good as it should have been for a mother and a daughter. So she laments in her own way. The father loved the daughter he left he leaves he still left the porch light on for her even after he saw the body um the the performances are so raw and i would say the most realistic performances i've ever seen in a mockumentary and i'm going to say in the wider range of a found footage film this is one of the most gut churning heart wrenching films i think that exists within the horror genre good god bro okay well fair Guy knows how to sell it. He does know how to sell it. Um, Kyle, can I hit back real quick at something you said a little bit earlier um, in regards to The Neighbor where you said, um, I made a note of it, uh, where you (laughs) said that um, it it didn't go anywhere at all. Mm. And that's because it's introduced at within the first 20 minutes of the film. One of the things that I like about this film is uh, I kind of want to talk about the brothers' relationship with with alice and for me this is uh where this film completely resembles the jean benet ramsey 
uh, case of the the five year old beauty pageant queen that was uh, murdered by her parents who got found who who didn't get charges pressed against them. Um, it's very clear that in that case, the brother, the older brother, was sexually assaulting John Benet Ramsey. Um, it, it's clear the brother killed her, and the parents covered it up. I think that that completely mirrors somewhat what's happening in this movie because I think it's pretty obvious that Matthew killed her. Matthew was in love with Alice. Matthew talking about wanted, her brother? Yeah. Matthew wanted to fuck the shit out of Alice. And it's very clear in a lot of the can quote candid um, moments that he caught of her where she catches him filming her and she's kind of like creeped the fuck out by it. The last person that was in the water with her was Matthew. And the father even says, um, oh shit. Um, uh, the dad says he saw Matt, he, he saw Matt get out. And then a few minutes later, he said he looked back and there was, uh, uh, the, about five, 10 minutes later, the dad's like, oh, where's Alice? And the brother's like, oh shit. Uh, I think she's still in the water. Um, I think it's very clear that the father, he, that Matthew noticed that the father was not paying attention and he killed his sister. And the reason why he goes on to doctor all these images is because he cannot cope with the fact that he lost the singular person he was in love with. And he felt guilty about taking his, his sister away from his parents. So the idea of him doctoring these images, specifically the hallway footage, which is what I wanted to wrap around to the hallway footage is doctored by Matthew and we see this within the first 25 minutes of the film. And if you do look closely, you see the neighbor in that footage. Mm -hmm. The neighbor that's coming into the house to get the tape that Alice has of them having sex. So you're saying that it doesn't go anywhere, but it was kind of there the whole time. And it's just brought to light at that moment. No, because the neighbor doesn't appear till like the hour, like hour 10 mark. Yeah, like, he's like, in, he's, he's in, he's about. in. I know, but he's in the footage in the first twenty-five minutes. Which which one though? I don't. Um, so it's it's the when uh, when Matthew sets the first camera in the hallway. Yeah. And there's the where when he dresses up as Alice and he walks past the camera at the end of the hallway. If you look in the right hand frame of that video, mm -hmm. you and they bring it up at the hour twenty. Or they bring it up later on in the film. So we the neighbor was in the house while. Matthew, while Matthew was, was faking that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was in there to get the tape from Alice, Alice's room. So the your whole theory on the Matthew Killinger thing, um, that's obviously not confirmed. So that's like a theory that you have. Sure. Or is it confirmed? It's confirmed to me. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, because it sounded very uh believable. So I didn't know it if like you pulled very, that from I didn't put those dots yeah, in. I, I didn't know if you pulled it I from was, a like, source. Learning. Yeah, I felt like you were more educational than the mockumentary was, <laughs> um, <laughs> which uh, sticks with my 1.5. Um, okay, do you guys think – now let's talk about the, like, the horror aspects of the film. Like, Do you guys think this should be on Shudder? Do you think that this is a horror movie in the traditional sense? Like take out the – like is it just the creepy images or is it because it's a ghost story? Like how do you think this works as a horror movie, not a mockumentary? I mean it's it's – creepy imagery like it doesn't have to be jump scares i don't have to, it just this movie i think you mentioned this before kyle but um it just stays in that valley i think this this film really holds the same tone throughout the entire film and to me that just seems a little off and i think it makes it a little more eerie especially at the end when they're explaining what alice saw at uh, lake mungo um and then they go back to the 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 body um so i think i mean it doesn't have to they put like uh freaking weird stuff on shutter right like uh, this is a horror, a horror film for sure though. would you guys consider hereditary a horror movie yeah yeah well that's just a horror movie about grief there's nothing horrific that really happens in it except someone gets beheaded i think that and lit on fire and <laughs> is that is that scary I mean, it can be, yeah. Um, That's like I, saying, are sharks scary? Because it's scary to someone, it, which I think exactly. goes to Ian's point, yeah. Yeah, so it, I, it, I, 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 I think that this film falls into the horror, into horror in a sense that a film like Hereditary does. 
Um, I, I think that this movie is truly terrifying because there's a fucking sociopath living under his, under his parents' noses and they don't realize it. <laughs> From your theory. From your theory, yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you think that there's more people out there that have this same theory? Because if it's true, let's just, like, let's say your theory is accurate and that's really what the director intended. Do you think that there's more people that caught on to that theory that have the same theory as you? And if not, do you think that the director told a cohesive, decent story that isn't spelled out? Like, you have to put it together and, like, in a way where you have to create reaches. And, like, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean, like, do you think that the story that you made, the theory that you made, um, should have been explained a little better to make this movie a little bit more cohesive? You know, I, I, I was thinking about that when I was, cause I came up with this theory over a year ago when I've just been sitting on it. And I do want to know if other people feel that way. I, w- I would truly, truly like to know. Cause I feel like um, if that is correct, like more people would think that. And so I'm interested to kind of look around the internet to see if anybody else has that same, that same theory. Yeah. I, I, I want to go through some like threads or something on this movie, see if anyone says that. But even if that's not true, um, I do think that it shows the emotional depths that that the brother goes through. Um, if you look at it on the side of he's not doing it because he's guilty, he's doing it just because he's sad. I think that's also heartbreaking and that's also terrifying. I, I can't imagine being so stricken with grief that I go about learning how to actually use Photoshop and after effects to obviously that's not what he did. What, what he did was probably harder than Photoshop and cause he had to, you know, do the double film. Yeah. Um, and that's almost more sad, honestly. I think your theory makes a lot more legitimate sense than something like, a teenager just randomly drowning because she accepted yeah. her death or like a ghost coming to get her or something like that. So I think which it is, is also a good theory. That does that's make also, a whole lot of sense. Yeah. It is. But then, would, but would then, you, is would that you, also, so, sorry, but no, 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 go, go ahead. No, no, go. Um, uh, Ian, is that the theory that you, you subscribe to that she saw when she sees her dead body in Lake Mungo or the, the apparition <laughs> of herself that, when she's in the water at that moment, she realizes my, she realizes I'm fucking Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. Um, and I need to end my life before it spins out of control. I think, <clears throat> I think it might've just been. I'm turning a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> just, right, go, ahead, go, go, go. We'll get there. We'll get there. Because I have a theory now. I'll make my okay. own theory <laughs> <up> now. <laughs> go ahead. I think it might've just been something like Final Destination where death just comes to get you. Mm-hmm. And she just like final destination saw her own death. And at that point in time, it was just something she accepted and it happened. Um, Kyle, I'm excited to hear this. this, this it, theory, though. It's very small, but I'm just saying like maybe the image at the end that she saw of herself drowned and bloated. Maybe it wasn't a ghost or anything. Maybe it was just symbolic. Like, cause they lean heavily into like the fortune telling side and maybe that was kind of like a way for her to see her future self. It wasn't actually an apparition or a ghost. Maybe there's no ghost in the entire movie the whole time. Maybe that's just like a uh, a kind of s- like s- symbolism for what like her, determining her fate, like mm-hmm. predestination kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she saw what was going to happen, like her brother drowning her. Now we're at see, but here's here's the problem with the film that I have is we're running away with a theory. We're we're expanding on a film Isn't that, that is it yeah, it is that, fun. It is fun. All that, of freaking that, David Lynch's films. That's mean? not true. It's well, Lynchian. actually, you're kind of right. But Lynchian. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Like there has to be a a separation where credit is given to the artist or the credit is given to the viewer, right? And right now we're creating a story in our heads when we don't know what was originally intended. So we're giving him credit for something we're making up. But isn't isn't that part that's of the David fun? Like, that's, that's part of the fun. That's what I hear you guys talk about with freaking Mulholland Drive or Lost Highway or whatever. Like they, this is the like what you just explained right now is the exact same thing. 
the exact same thing. Um, but I, I, I will say at least with but do you David, see where I'm coming with from? David Lynch, yeah. you know it's purposeful. Mm, see, that's you, another but, point. Because you know the director, and because he's a notable person who is who is known for that type of thing. This guy is a one and done. Which is unfortunate, by the way. Yeah. Um, Kyle, Kyle, can I throw some of these uh, these Twin Peaks connections at you? And, yeah, and get your thoughts. Um, okay, obviously, last name Palmer. Clearly, that's 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 a um, uh, I can, I can put that together. Both have uh, two syllable names: Alice, Laura. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, the character of Ray is definitely a mixture of Doctor Jacoby and Harold Smith. Actually, uh. Dom made that reference, so oh. I got to give props to her because she actually said that while we were watching it. Oh, nice! nice. Yeah, uh, I a little less on the on Let, the, the yeah. on the uh, sh- it was more not Doctor Jacoby, but the other one. Oh, it was more Harold Smith. That's what we thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the 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 idea of Alice and Laura, um, they both at a very young age are exploring their sexuality, their options, and they're both being preyed upon. Here's a fucking spoiler: Leland sexually abuses Laura and kills her. Matthew sexually abuses Alice and kills her. That's a big bomb drop, bro. That's a big bomb drop. That's a big bomb drop. I told you um, I was dropping a big Twin Peaks spoiler in this episode. I don't episode. know any of can those see, names. So can you see the vein in this part of my head right now? It's literally <laughs> oh bulging out. God. Can you see it? Yeah. Dude, that's a that's a Lou Ferrigno vein. Yeah, you're getting me. <laughs> okay, that was a big, that's a big bomb, bro. Looking out. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it. There's 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 documentations of Alice committing these these sexual acts. There's documentation of Laura committing these sexual acts. I think I, I don't I don't think that this film is uh, meant to be uh, a, a Twin Peaks homage, but I think that there's a lot of things in this film that point to the characterization of Laura, who she is, who's around her, and the type of person that she is. I yeah, I see it. I see it. Lit. and not to pump the brakes or anything but i do want to go back to the fortune teller thing um i love that they made the connection between uh the daughter's uh i wanted visions and then the mother's visions of like calling out to her mom she doesn't know she's there and they, they're just leaving. Like that's literally it was I'm getting children now, but that's it was literally <laughs> it was literally like almost a metaphor for them never seeing eye to yes. eye. Like they were never yes. on the same page, they never connected, they were never there, they were always absent out of each other's minds, kind of thing. Yeah. Fuck. In, um, but also I, at the at the end, putting it at the end of the film, like it's it's also like a, a departure for the mom. Like she's finally letting it's, go. It's her time to let go. Good bring up. Thank yeah. you. Ian. I appreciate I it. I, I, I wanted, I'm glad that you brought that up because that was something when I rewatched this a year ago, for some reason, I just, I get, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough and I completely missed it. And when I was rewatching it a few days ago, it, it made me cry. I was like, holy shit, how have I missed this before? Um, it is, it, it's truly the most, I would say the second most heartbreaking aspect of this film. I, I think the first most is, um, the dad leaving the porch light on even after and all wait let's talk about the dad real quick um mm-hmm. sorry i know we're kind of running on time no you're um, good we're at 42 okay 43, um, something like that. the after so the dad ids the body and oh laura laura and alice both drown the death come on um that vein that vein your vein okay? out of it. um <laughs> yeah uh Look at it. So even though um I, I, I think it, it's really sad that the, the father IDs Alice's body and we find out later on in the film he he questions whether or not he correctly ID'd her body. And and I, I mean his, his well, she the mom questions, not the dad. It, but then that makes the dad question. Yeah, because it is 
kind of that stage of denial and grief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that that's so sad because what other teenage girl in this area was reported missing near the lake? No one. It's obvious that's your daughter. Um, but that, yeah. that, that, that Bad writing, am I right? Fuck up. <laughs> it, it's, it's so, it's, it's so, it's so heartbreaking to watch those scenes because he's like, yeah, I saw the body, but then I was like, wait, maybe I saw the wrong body. And even though he knows that it couldn't be anyone else, but his daughter, he still has that, that he still had that glimmer of hope. And it's, it, it's truly, it, it, it makes my heart hurt. We've talked about the brother at length. We've talked about the mom and the dad. Um, I think we pretty much want. I think we've. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think we've. I think we've gone through pretty much the entire cast of characters. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to bring up before we get into final thoughts and rating? Damn, we're Gucci on time. This is mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let, I I think that we should. Uh, Ian and I should talk about um, obviously the most distressing uh, uh, image-wise. We've kind of yeah, talked talk about, about it already. Yeah, well, why, um, yeah. Me. why can we but, like, over that? The 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 phone Add footage. Stuff. Let's talk about it. The the phone footage specifically within Lake Mungo. Um, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, Just hitting hitting <laughs> Kyle. Um, Hitting the image that was caught on the phone and then the dead body and then like her just or uh, I think it was the dad or someone someone was saying um, she saw like her own death coming at her. That was fucking yeah, that was insane. I love that. Um, And it sent a shiver from my forearms into my back. Um, And it is a very distressful um, image. And it, sure. it, it, it's kind of the 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 thumbnail image that's oh, yeah. equated to this movie. How, mm-hmm. it, how do you feel about that specific image? Because I think that that image creates the, the the image of her bloated ghost corpse in the lake. <laughs> I think that, that sorry, those words together just made me laugh. <laughs> 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 um, I I, I think that be a name for something. Yeah, for sure. Metal band. Um, yeah, bloated goose. That, that that sets the wrong tone for the movie. If you see that image in your, and that's the only idea that you have of this movie, I can understand how that going in with that in your head, you're gonna walk away from this being like, what the fuck. I saw that once. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, they really hype it up, and they show a lot of Alice, like a lot. Not only um, footage of her before death, but also after death with the Mm -hmm. Photoshop and trying to bring her back to life. Um, Really haunting image. Uh, Even the... I do have a question. Go ahead. Sorry, this is just one of the things that I didn't catch or connect with it could have been one of the times i was falling asleep um when he when the son (laughs) i mean i'm just being honest when matthew um explains that he doctored all the images and all the video the parents um, are like okay well well that's not really the well like what i have a problem with i'm more just trying to remember like so when he says that he doctored the images and all that kind of stuff then they go on retreat or vacation to go to the place where she to like Mundo, Mungo, Mundo, whatever. Um, the title. They put the they put the camera back in the house. On why would they do that if they already got the answer that the doctor or the like the images were doctored? I don't know why they placed the camera back up. They didn't. After their trip to Lake Mungo, they don't set the camera back up. No, but he's that, saying after the brother got caught, they left to Lake Mungo and they left the camera on. They, they left the camera on. Oh, because that's they, they they're filming. The, they're, they're making a documentary. And also, it, I think it, it's a little. It's a little bit um, um, described when the mother's like, even though he did uh, make these things up, like it's not just. It's not just because he did it to fuck with us. Like he made them for a reason, and we want to find out what that reason was. And, so, and, and, and also the camera back. Th- I mean, they, they had also had the footage of her Nokia film of her Nokia phone. 
so what they were doing, the, the mockumentary is just, just like the keepers or making a murderer. The documentary filmmakers are taking us through the specific time of events that this family went through. So after, no, but, after but, but, the, after the death, they go about how the brother doc, the, how, how they captured the footage and how the brother doctored it. And then from there, they chronicled the mother, I forget her name. They chronicled the, the mother going to Ray. And then after Ray, they chronicle how they found the footage from the Nokia phone and how they went to Lake Mungo. And, you know, like when, when we see the family at Lake Mungo and in the cabin, that's, that's just dramatization. That is the family members. So the camera set up at the end when they find the neighbor in the room. I'm sorry that I have to spell this out to you listeners. Sometimes I'm the, a little the, dumb. Okay? The neighbor, the neighbor hold on, hold on, in the room so, was... So the, so the camera that's set up and catches the neighbor in the room, you're telling me that that's not simultaneously happening while, while they go to Lake Hungo. That is the events that occurred that led them to Lake Hungo. Is that Correct. what you're saying? That's one of the original doctored videos. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's the one where Matthew dresses up as Alice and runs across the screen. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, anything else, guys? Final thoughts? Should we dive in? Should we dive? Let's dive in. I enjoyed this conversation. Let's put it on that one in. Have, it changed, in. have it changed my mind? I don't know. We'll find out. But I've enjoyed dive the conversation. Brendan, we are going to throw it over to you first. Give us your. Final thoughts and rating on Lake Mungo, 2008. Lake, <laughs> Lake Mungo, 2008. Um, one of, if not the most beautiful, emotional, heartfelt, most difficult to watch found footage. Difficult films. to watch is correct. <laughs> Uh, but for different reasons um oh my gracious clip it clip it this um this is one of the most well-made meticulously acted found footage films that there is um i think it came after the poughkeepsie tapes so i can't say that uh, that uh, you know I'm just it came way after i think that was like the 80s Poughkeepsie tapes was 2007. What am I thinking of then? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But I'll we'll talk about it after the show. Okay. Um, yeah. This I this is a a fantastic film. There's so many layers to it. I think whether you choose to believe they were intentional or not, as long as they're there, I think that's all that matters. I happily am going to be raising my rating of this film, which was initially. Last year, I rated it as a four. This is getting a 4.5 and a heart. Ian, two E's, talk to me. <laughs> and I think I did a good job at explaining why it's a 4.5 for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, this movie, Spooky Scary. <laughs> it's Spooky Scary. It's saying shiver down my spines. Um, spines. Four stars and a heart. You said four stars? Four stars and a heart. Dead air. The 20th teenth doctor. Ooh. Um, I, so, I see your points. I see your points. Um, I enjoyed our conversation. I'll raise it. I'll raise it. So you win. So you guys win. You guys win. Because even if it's 0.5, you guys still made me raise it. So mission accomplished. Um, audience, please give my co-host a round of applause. They won the game for our first uh, LB change, rate change game. We're going to come up with a name for it. But they are the winners of this round. So I'm going to give this movie a three with no heart. That was Three a no 1.5 change. Three wow. no heart. So that leaves our... I, I should have pulled the calculator up. That I think 1.5 was pretty insane. Three yeah, well, is a little more re realistic. No, I, I don't 
I'm not trying to be mean when I say I fucking hated watching this movie. No, I can't. So I can see like, how you so I, I absolutely, I absolutely hated the, watching this movie. But it's very monotone. The conversation was was enlightening and fun. So, um, the oh my god, dude, for real, the yeah, letter the real. official room, ruminations of red room rating for this fucking movie is four stars and a heart yes um, that's a little let much us go. don't say i never gave you guys anything okay <laughs> um that being said oh, we're gonna take our ruminations of red room thick piss break please enjoy this sponsor from the ruminations radio network we'll be right back you are listening to Ruminations of Red Rum, a deep dive into every horror movie you ever loved. If you're into movies, you might want to check out another one of the podcasts brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. Try Cinephile Hissy Fit. Don and Will bring you many episodes where they break down and rate and review movies that are just coming out in the theater. They're Rotten Tomatoes certified and legitimate critics of all things in the cinema. Cinephile Hissy Fit. Another podcast brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network. Welcome back, guys and gals and everyone. We hope you enjoyed that milky, steamy, thick piss break and the ad from the Ruminations Radio Network. It's time to not only get into America's favorite game, but Australia's. What's in the box? (laughs) The game where my co-host must, where Kyle's co-host must guess the letterbox average rating based on him reading the letterbox description of a film. If we guess within 0.3 of the average rating, we will be awarded a point. A secondary point is possible if we are able to guess the decade the film was released in. And we will get another point if we can guess the exact year. Letterbox is a movie database where users can log and rate their films. They watch and follow like-minded cinephiles. Gentlemen, are you ready for number one? Wait, I don't know, Thank <laughs> I don't you, know why I went that far. Thank you. I'll take it over from here. <laughs> Gentlemen, are you ready? You try to do see whatever in an Australian accent. It is impossible. You can't say, do- say whatever. Okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> that was Holy pretty good. Shit. That was pretty good. Holy shit, that, that was, was actually insane. Okay. <clears throat> Panic feeds on fear. Two million fish washed ashore. One thousand blackbirds dropped from the sky. On July 4th, 2009, a deadly menace swept through the quaint seaside town of Claridge. Maryland. But the harrowing story of what happened that Independence Day has never been told until now. The authorities believed that they had buried the truth about the tragedy that claimed over 700 human lives. Now, three years later, a reporter has emerged with footage revealing the cover-up and an unimaginable killer, a mysterious parasitic outbreak. Told from the perspective of those who were there and saw what happened, the bay unfolds over 24 hours <laughs> through people's <laughs> iPhones. Androids, look it up. 911 calls, webcams, and whatever else could be used to document the nightmare in Claridge. What follows is a nerve shredding tale of a small town plunged in absolute terror. Jesus. Oh my so, you guys God. should be able to guess the decade. Can I get the oh. second sentence? <laughs> um, three point one. You know? Oh wait! Don't look it up. Oh, three point six. Okay, Brendan. Two. Two. Brendan with the point. It is sitting at a 2.9. Did you say 2.9? I said 2.9. He gets two points. It is sitting at 2.9. Guess the decade. 2010s? This is not the movie I was thinking. Or Brendan, series. I thought this was midnight. Brendan Mitch. with the third point. All right, I didn't get to guess the but, third point, but all right. But let's give Ian a point there as well. Okay, okay. Guess the okay. Guess, guess the year, gentlemen. This all first right. one was obviously botched from the beginning. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll get through what we can here, um, but the, the rest we'll make up for. It's fine. I'm so gonna go it's now Brendan three, 
Ian won. Hell yeah, I'm on the board. Mm-hmm. Three point baby. Um, I I know this one. I'll let you go first. You know it? Yeah. Oh, and you're gonna have me go first. Just fucking yeah. Care. Um, I'm gonna go twenty. Fourteen. Britain? 2012, the year the world should have ended. Oh. That is correct. It is now Brennan for Ian one. Uh can 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 we can we spill the beans to Ian real quick about uh about Mitch? Yes. Uh we decided every time Mitch is on, he gets five points if he wins, and he's won the last two episodes, so he now sits at sixteen points and he is destroying all of us. Oh. Number two. <laughs> guaranteed the eight greatest shocks ever filmed let me read the description real quick make sure it's not in there inspector sylvester is assigned to investigate the violent murder of a fashion house model isabella by a masked assailant as the investigation proceeds all of the house various sins including corruption abortions blackmail and drug addiction begin to come to light it turns out that isabella had kept a diary detailing these vices, and now almost every employee becomes nervous. 70s. Oh. (laughs) I have no first. Um, 3.2. You both are incorrect. It is sitting at a 3.7. Damn. Yes, the decade. Okay, 70s. There's multiple stories from what it sounds like. Um, I'm going to sing 90s. You both are incorrect, just for kicks. I was going to say guess the year, we don't even know the decade. It is the 1964 film directed by Mario Bava, Blood and Black Lace. Your mind was in the right spot, Ian. Yeah. Ian won Brendan 4. Number 3. Evil hides in plain sight. When a 12-year-old boy goes missing, lead investigator Greg Harper struggles to balance the pressure of the investigation and troubles with his wife, Jackie. Facing a recent affair, great strain is put on the family that slowly gnaws away at Jackie's grip on reality. But after a malicious presence manifests itself in their home and puts their son, Connor, in mortal danger, the cold, hard truth about evil in the Harper household is finally uncovered. Oh, man, this seems like a movie I've seen. 3.1. Although I don't think you would... Oh, no. Okay, never mind. Yeah, 3.1. I'm going to go... It's definitely threes. 3.3. You both are correct. It's sitting at a 3.2. Yes, the decade. Past the 2000s. I was going to say the aughts. Could Wait, the aughts. What, what did Mitch say? Didn't Mitch say uh, the teens? Oh, yeah. the uh, <laughs> Like the aughts? No, yeah, no. He just said the... Uh, I was like, guess a year. And he was like, oh, the teens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. Mm. Yeah, I'm going the aughts. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 10s. I'm good teens. <laughs> Ian is correct. It is now 3-5. Guess the year. If you get this, you get two points and tie it up. Wait, what? I'm changing the rules. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay, this is... Uh, I'm getting early, early teens vibes. Pre-teen. 2010. Okay. <laughs> That is incorrect. You couldn't be more far off. It is the 2019 film okay. <laughs> directed by Adam Randall. I see you. Oh, wait. I think I just added that to my... That puts... Let's see if you did. Uh, no, you did not add it to your watch list. That puts year to date, Kyle 10, Brendan 12, Ian 9, and Mitch 16. I don't think there's enough games in the year to catch up to Mitch. Oh, it's a different ICU. It's literally spelled I-C-U. 
This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the mockumentary of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, please follow us on Twitter at of Red Rum. That's OF Red Rum. But what we'd really like you to do is join our Discord. The link to join our Discord is in our Twitter bio. Um, you could also probably find us on Discord. Is that what it's called? Yes. Ruminations of Red Room. Uh, come hang out with us. Come talk horror with us. And please give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. We're there. We're everywhere. Follow us. Subscribe. Like. You've heard it a billion times before from every other thing you've ever listened to, but it really does help. I've been your host, Kyle. With a K. And joining me, Ian, with two E's. You know, I think I'm, I think I've grown a little, and I think I'm hopping off the mic train. And I'm think, I think it's a, uh, it's time for Lou, Lou to enter the podcast. Shout out to my favorite Hulk. Welcome, Lou. <laughs> also, Brennan, Jesus, Ortega, Madison. Uh, if you play the finals, add me. Uh, my name is Pronto Score Number Sign Three Three Two One. And hail Ratma. Stay spooky, please. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed that <laughs> milky, steamy, dick piss break. It's time for not only America's favorite game, but also Australia's. What's in the box? The game where I read a description of a film off of letter. Okay, let me start over. And I'll start. <laughs> let me start over. Mitch, cut it. And. Not only the world, not only America's favorite game, <laughs> but Australia's. What's in the box? Where we go to Letterboxd, a movie database website, and they have a rating system. Okay, I can't do this with Ian laughing. All right, take three, Mitch. Hold on, take three. <clears throat> can I can I get another beer? Yes. Oh, oh, get a beer. Go get a beer. Get a beer. <laughs> Jesus. I'm crying. I'm actually crying. Hold on. Hold on, Mitch. Hold on. down a script next time. Oh. All right. <laughs> Woo! All right, sorry you, Mitch. You, you should you should uh, just take it back from and we're back. And we're back. We hope you enjoyed that steamy. <laughs> Don't look at me. I have to block him out. <laughs>